Hey church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the connections and group pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus. Be challenged and encouraged by his word and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see all of you if you're here in person. It's good to have you if you're joining and watching online as well. Happy Palm Sunday. I think that's what you're supposed to say, right? Happy, happy Palm Sunday. Good Palm Sunday. Uh, It's good to see you, those of you that are in the room, uh, those of you that took off on spring break and took Palm Sunday, literally. Hope you're enjoying it in Florida or Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, wherever you're at. We're all uh, celebrating the fact that you're there and we're not. Uh, It's a balmy 27 degrees here today and we are preferring to be nowhere else than right here. Is that true? Amen? Amen. See, you're missing out. That's what we wanted to say to you. So good morning. It's just fun to be here. We're in this series right now. It's called I Am. Just looks at the different statements that Jesus made uh, where he identified himself. Uh, He said, this is who I am. I am, you know, the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the true vine. Uh, Well, today we're talking about uh, the I am statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But before I get into what Jesus said and how he said that, uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was the internet. Uh, The internet, one of the most revolutionizing technologies ever. I mean, if you think about what it changed for information, for finance, uh, for, for education, for medical technology, for medicine in general, for education, online changed everything. Is that true? It changed everything. All of us function with it all the time. I mean, we look up crazy stuff, right? Or stuff that it's like, what is this rash on my arm? We self-diagnose. We look up how many Super Bowls Tom Brady actually won versus how many players. We can look up whatever we want online. Well, there's this new development now in the online space. Uh, It's called artificial intelligence. It's kind of creepy. The more you look into it, the more you read it, the more uh, you try it out, the more you realize what it's actually capable of. So there's one program right now, it's called ChatGPT. Maybe you've heard of it before. If not, you're gonna hear about it. The thing's brilliant. Uh, In fact, recently, I read this article a couple weeks ago, ChatGPT, this particular program for artificial intelligence has passed the US medical licensing exam. So you should refer to it as Dr. ChatGPT. It's also passed the Wharton Business School MBA operations management course. It has also passed all four of these University of Minnesota law school exams, constitutional law, taxation, employee benefits, and torts. Do you even know what a tort is? I feel dumber reading this to you, going that thing passed the exam and it's a program, it's a computer, it's technology. ChatGPT, it's kind of taken over, but it has a couple rivals, right? It has a couple rivals that are trying to compete with ChatGPT. One of the rivals was asked this question. Very simple, right? Most of us, I'm gonna make you feel smarter again. It says, what are the next 10 months after January and February? You just type it in. What are the next 10 months after January and February? And here's what the response was from one of the rivals. Maruary, Apruary, Mayuary, Junuary. And it typed it back out so confidently. Here's where I'm getting at, right, with this. You're probably like, what are we talking about? We are all over the map. We haven't even started yet. What's true? What's truth? How do you know what's true? 
You know, is it whatever it's produced by artificial intelligence? Obviously, this thing's brilliant. Is everything it says true? Obviously not. One of its rivals obviously produced an answer that came across as confident, but that's obviously not true. What's true? Is truth universal? Is truth the same for everybody, or is it, is it individualistic for everybody? Does it depend on what it is, or does it not depend on what it is? Is it a cultural norm or a universal standard? Can truth change? These are all the questions that I went into preparing even this message, questions that, if we're honest, a lot of us have asked ourselves. What is true? Or what is truth? Chat GPT, I was messing around with it last night. I just started asking a bunch of questions. Creepy. If you want to look it up, try it out. Do it for yourself. Here's what I asked. I said, what is truth? I asked this program, Chat GPT, artificial intelligence. Here's what it typed out for me. The nature of truth is not always straightforward as it can be subjective, relative, and culturally constructed. Different perspectives and interpretations can lead to different truths. And what may be true for one person or group may not be true for another. Let's see what Jesus had to say about truth. Let's just open our Bibles. Let's read, kind of like Brian did last week. We're going to be limited to a very small amount of Scripture today, but I think it's all that we actually need. This is John chapter 14, verse 6. It says this, Jesus answered, I am the way and the, say it with me, truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, shoot, that makes chat GPT short circuit. That's not what that just said. In fact, that's not what our culture says. It's not what our news media says. It's not, maybe honestly, some of you are saying, well, I don't know if I totally believe that. I think maybe Jesus is a way to a truth. Maybe Jesus is a truth for certain people or certain groups. In fact, it kind of seems almost offensive for Jesus to step out in front of everybody and say, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Let's look at his face to associate the words he sang with the person that actually said it. Jesus himself looking at a group of people, a group of disciples, some of whom followed him, some of whom did not. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Are you offended yet? Are you? I mean, think about the people that heard Jesus say this for the very first time. I bet they were offended. What do you mean you're the truth? You're the life, you're the way. What, what, is that, what does that even mean? Jesus used a couple distinct words that are worth me sharing with you. It's worth pulling kind of the, the, the superficial piece out of it so that you understand what, what did Jesus actually mean when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The word way in Greek, it means hodos. I think that's how you say it. I'm not a scholar, hodos. Hodos, what does hodos mean? It's less of a route and it's more of a passage or a bridge. See the difference? Some of you, if you're on vacation right now, you're on spring break, you typed in the GPS, you pulled out your phone, whatever you did, you got to the destination. There were multiple ways to get to where you are going. That's not the way that Jesus is describing. Jesus is describing way as doorway, bridge, passageway. Like, like there's one. See the difference? It's not a route. It is the entrance. Jesus said, I am the way. To what? To God the Father. 
You, you wanna experience God, you wanna know God, you wanna spend eternity with God, there's one way and I am the way. That's what Jesus said. Are you offended yet? Somebody's gotta be. Here's what he also said, I am the truth. This word means aletheia. That's what it was originally written. Aletheia means not just truth as spoken, as in reality. You, you catch the difference? It's not just what you said was true. You are everything about you. You emanate truth, which means truth was not just what Jesus said. It was who he was. It was what he did. It was how he lived. It was the reflection of God the Father through him. Jesus embodied truth. That's what this aletheia means. Everything he said, everything he is, it's not a formula. Truth is a person. And then the life, here's what he said, life. It's actually a really cool Greek word. I know this one. It's zoe. Everybody say zoe. Zoe, you now know Greek. Zoe means life, but physical life and also spiritual life. You think about the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, it says God breathed life into them. He zoeed. Every part, every facet of life, physical and spiritual, emanates from Jesus. Jesus looked at the crowd, looked at the group of people, looked at his disciples, and he said this, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. What a statement. Are you offended yet? Because here's what he said. He didn't say, I'm the way for you to live your truth in your life. He didn't say, you can use me to justify whatever it is you want to believe. He didn't say, you can take my words and twist them and contort them or interpret them on my behalf, knowing what I really was intending. You can't twist them and use them like everyone seems to do to get to your particular understanding or conclusion or your way of life. Jesus is not the way for you to live your way, your truth, and your life. Jesus himself is the way and the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So there's an implication for this. The implication for this actually stings a bit. And I keep asking you, right? It's kind of fun. Are you offended yet? I don't know. I was partly offended reading through this, you know, getting ready for this message this week. So I, I'm assuming some of you might go, eh, I'm 80% there. I'm 90% there. It depends on where you're going to go. I don't know if I believe that or not yet. Here's what Jesus is also saying. There's two sides of the coin, right? So Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So this is you, right? Everybody, this is you. Hello. It's a profile picture. It's the best I could do. Here's what was implied by Jesus' message. Not your way. Sorry, Burger King. Not your truth. Sorry, ChatGPT. It's not even your life. Are you offended yet? Jesus looked at this giant group of people, just like he might look at you if he was here, if he was standing right here. He would say as boldly and declaratively as he did, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, the zoe, physical, spiritual, temporary and eternal. I am am it. No one gets to God the Father in heaven except through 
me. How does that make you feel? I mean, if we hold the Bible to be truth, as Jesus said it was, this is my word. If we hold it to be truth, we, we have a decision to make, and the decision is this. Am I going to start with the Bible and draw the conclusion that God is leading us to, or am I going to start with myself and use the Bible to get me there? Guess what? Culture goes for the second one. In fact, if we start talking marriage, if we start talking love, if we start talking relationships or sex or purity or ethics or morality or what you pick any topic, any subject in the whole world, you can pick anyone from any time period, any region, any people group, you pick it. Jesus is the definition of what is right, of what is holy, of what is just, of righteous. Jesus is the actual definition himself. He doesn't say, I'm a way for you to arrive at whatever it is that you need to arrive at. Jesus is saying, I'm your destination. I'm the way. I'm the truth, I'm the life. And here's what's so interesting is every part of our culture, every part of our world, every part of our society, and if we're honest, so many times, every part of our heart wants to define those for ourselves apart from the person of Jesus. So here's a very simple, simple message, simple text, extraordinarily difficult to live out Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Years ago, I had a a man that invited me to walk with him kind of on a journey for life. And his reasoning was, hey, I'm I'm a bit older than you. I've been in ministry for a long time. I'd I'd like to... Walk with you so that you might understand how to walk with Jesus in this next chapter of your life. It was shortly after I started here at Frontline. So what what I didn't know or realize, but what I would define now looking back on it, is this man invited me uh, to disciple me as, as we followed Jesus together. One of the first things he taught me was this quote. I don't remember who said it, but he said, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. Let me say that one more time for those of you like me, a little slower sometimes. It's like, what did he say? That seemed good. We don't see the world as it is. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. As we walked with Jesus, as we unpacked different parts of my life, as we would open up scripture and look at what did Jesus say and how did Jesus live and what did he call us to and what does it look like to do ministry Jesus way, to do marriage Jesus way, to do parenting Jesus way, to work Jesus way, to spend money Jesus way. What does it look like to allow Jesus to affect every part, every facet of our lives? What does it look like if we actually do this together? It's discipleship. As he walked with me, Here's what I started realizing is how I actually saw God. Here's some of the things that I saw. If if you said, how do you see God? Here's what I would have described to you, especially in that season. I would have said, I think God is harsh and mean. I, I think he's easily upsettable. I think he carries an extensive record of wrongs, and he can recall them like that. I think God is often disappointed with me. 
And I feel like a lot of times he's impossible to please. If I wrote down, and I've written down a bunch of this in my journal, if I wrote this down at that time, if I actually had to describe this God that Jesus said, I'm the way to, I'm a reflection of, I am he, we're one and the same. If I had to describe him, I would have used those descriptions. And so here's what happened. Understandably so, I lived an extraordinarily self-protective and performance-oriented life. Can anybody else relate to that? I mean, it doesn't matter what facet, what part of my life, what, what area of work or ministry or parenting or, or marriage, that doesn't matter what it is. I, I lived self-protective. I lived performance-oriented. I lived, you know, wondering what's going to happen, what's going to be taken from me. I, I lived from this place that was not a place of Jesus. In fact, when Jesus, if I would have read this passage I don't know how many years ago, six years, seven years, eight years, something. If I would have read this passage, here's what I would have pictured. Jesus standing like a bouncer outside of a club going, the only way you're getting in is through me. See the difference? It's the exact same words. No one comes to the Father except through me. What tone do you hear Jesus' own words in? As I walked with this man that just discipled me, loved me, figured out areas of woundedness and pain, figured out areas of brokenness, or, or trying to figure out why do you see God the way that you see? Here was the light bulb moment that I would share just with all of you. The light bulb moment that went off was I, I was seeing God that way because that was me. Hard to please, maybe emotional roller coaster a whole back pocket full of wrongs that are easy to pull out and go, you did this or they did that or they owe me here. Hard to work for or hard to work with, hard to be married to, hard to be a, a, a child of or a son of. The light bulb that went off was that the way that I'm seeing God was not as he is. The way I was seeing God was as I was. So when Jesus gives this invitation, even in this text, and he says, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life, he's actually inviting us to step into reality, not our perceived reality, not how we see the world or ourselves or the people around us through the lens of our own pain and sin and brokenness. Jesus invites us in and he goes, let me, let me open your eyes. Let me change the script of your life. Let me change your heart from the inside out. If you will come to me, I can introduce you to the Father himself. And in fact, every opportunity you have, every way you go, every attempt you make to define these apart from me ends in destruction or despair or decay or disappointment, Jesus says, no, 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 the only way, the only way to God the Father is through me. He's not sitting there like a bouncer. He's sitting there like a friend, pleading with you, come this way. Come to me. Let me show you who he is for real. Let, let me show you the way to eternity. There's no other way. It's only me. You, you might say, man, that seems kind of exclusive. Is it though? Is it? 
I mean, the inclusivity of Jesus' message is it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, what region you hail from, what language you speak, what sin you've committed, what wrong you've kept secret. It doesn't matter what you have done. Jesus said, you're so worth dying for. I'm just insanely in love with you. That's pretty inclusive. Jesus so inclusively shows us the exclusive way to God, our Heavenly Father. If we read it again with Jesus' face on the screen, he answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's powerful, isn't it? It's just his words. What comes across, the more I read it, the more I've sat with it, is the love that he has for us, for me. It's often a love I don't even have for myself. Now, here's Jesus' invitation. Just come to me. I I don't want to take from you. I don't want to shame you. I don't want to guilt you. I don't even want to punish you. I, I, I want to lead you to a place you can't find. A place of life. A place of peace. A place of joy and purpose and fulfillment. Jesus' invitation could change your life, and it could change your life a thousand times over. The invitation remains the same. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. How do you see God? How do you see Jesus? Do do you see him as the one offering life or the one trying to take it from you? Such an invitation he gives us And when he says this last piece, no one comes to the Father except through me. Here's what he's saying. Let me just be super explicit. There's no other way that leads to God. Zero. Not good works, not being a good person, not knowing the right things. There's no other religion or person that leads to him, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not universalism, not individualism, not good works, not deeds, not your way, not your truth, not your life. Jesus is the only way. It is an all or nothing deal. That's that's what he's inviting us into. There's no other way. There's no other person. There's no other avenue to experience life. Jesus died on the cross for you with your flaws, with your brokenness, with your sin, with your shame, the invitation that Jesus gives is to step into his presence and allow him to lead you to a place of life and joy, peace, and fulfillment. Here's what's so cool about this message, right? It's very pointed today. He says, the only thing that connects all of these wildly differing and diverse groups of people all around the world is the person of Jesus. He is the door, as we've already talked about in this series. He is the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. He is the true vine 
of which when you are attached to him, you will always have a source of life. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's the light of the world. Next week, we're going to talk about he's the resurrection, that even dead and broken things, Jesus can bring them back. That Jesus wants a relationship with you. So as we bring the plane in for closing today, here's the thing I I just want to say. I... uh, if you've followed Jesus for a long time, I think a lot of times what we do is we look at the moment that we gave our life to Christ. We look at the time or the moment or the specific setting, church service, maybe it's a, a person that walked us through a camp or a conference. We look at the thing when we actually said, okay, I want to follow Jesus with my life. And, and we look at the spot where we started, where we reoriented our life, our way, our thinking, our world around the person of Jesus. We often look at that and say, that was that was it. That was our moment. But here, here's the thing about Jesus, and especially in this passage, when Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, what I've learned in my own life is even though my intent and my heart is to follow him, there's opportunities galore to start stepping away slowly, to start finding life in other places that don't actually promise life. They do, they do promise life, I'll, I'll say that. They promise life, but they always underdeliver. Or, or to start taking and go, okay, I understand that Jesus' truth is this, but maybe that's not good for me. Maybe I don't like the way that that's written. I don't like what that means or implies. And so maybe I, I take 80% of what Jesus says, but the 20% I have issue with, and I'm content with that. Jesus' invitation repeatedly over and over and over is, come on back. Come on back. The way of Jesus, this word, the way of Jesus, I almost think of like how we live, how we function, how we operate in society in marriage or as parents or as workers or business owners, teachers, mechanics, doctors. The way we often function is the way of the world rather than the way of Jesus. I mean, if you want to know if you're operating the way of Jesus or the way of the world, the way of Jesus leads to, to life, wholeness, peace, righteousness. The priorities that are in place are the way that he's outlined them. If you're married, it's with your spouse. If you have kids, it's with your kids. The, the way of the world is work and money and this American dream that we've heard all about we stake on the economy, wars, elections. It leads us to a place of fear and anxiety and discomfort, pain and death. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. He even said, you know, pick up your cross and follow me to his disciples. Lay the way of the world down. Whatever that means for you right now, whatever the thing that you're holding on to, my invitation to you just in these next couple minutes, lay it down. Because Jesus' way is the way of the cross. It's spattered with blood. It's overflowing with love. And it's undeniably different and countercultural. Jesus' truth is that you were separated from God because of your sin. 
but he paid the price that you could never pay on your own. And Jesus' life was laid down so that you and I might actually have life and have it to the full. Zoe. Both now and for eternity. What it says in Acts 4.12 is, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name in heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen? It's only Jesus. It is only Jesus. There's just these closing questions just as we sit and move into just our closing time of worship. Do you actually believe the words that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life? Easy, right? Yes or no? Do I actually believe those? Not 80%, not 90%. Do I believe them 100% yes or no? Second question's where it gets hard. What part of your life doesn't support your belief then? So if you say, yeah, I believe it, which part of your life then would Jesus start asking you questions about first? That's where it gets me. The last one gives me hope though. How will you change that? How will you respond to Jesus' invitation? He's not a bouncer guarding the door. He's a friend. He's a savior that offers the way to eternal life because of what he did for you on the cross. Let's pray together and then let's worship out of that place. God, we just come before you fully recognizing that you are God. As we focus on your son Jesus today and the words that he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. God, I, I pray that somebody in here today just needs to hear the way that they've been pursuing, the way that they've been living, the way that they've been relating is not gonna get them to a place of life. It is only through your way, the way of the cross. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak and minister to that person. God, as you say, you're the truth. I just pray in a world full of news that should be questioned, full of answers that don't quite make sense, full of people that claim to know, claim to have the knowledge, claim to lead to a different place that is not your intention, claiming and labeling it as the truth. I just pray, Lord, that you would give us a sensitivity through your Holy Spirit to discern what is true. God, we desire the truth. God, we desire the truth to change us, to mold us, to melt away anything inside of us that leads us to a place far from you. And God, it's your life. It's only in your life that we might have real life. So for the person or people in this room or watching or listening online, for the marriages that feel like it's just dying and falling apart, for bodies that feel like they're just decaying, God, I, I pray for the Zoe that you promise. I pray for the true life that only comes from a relationship with you. And God, I know that can change everything in the physical and in the spiritual for eternity. So it's with this posture and this heart that we just come before you in Jesus' mighty name. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.
We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com slash next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.